Hello there, you're listening to the Park Rush Podcast. This is a Theme Park Podcast. I'm Tom, and I'm coming to you from a hotel room in sunny Salou. The walls are pretty thin. I can hear everything my neighbours, I guess, are up to. So apologies if you can too. But if you listen to Monday's show, then you'll remember I was talking to Josh about being days away from a trip to Port Aventura a theme park never visited by the Park Rush team. And I thought, hey, while I'm here, I'll do some some dispatch episodes, if you like. You may remember that when I was in Seville earlier in the year, despite the fact that they had no theme parks, or no open theme parks anyway, I did do some dispatches, you know, keep you all informed and give me something to do on these lonely, lonely evenings while I tend to my sunburn. <laughs> Uh, so I'm here to do it all over again, but this time with actual theme parks to talk about. So I won't waste too much more of your time before we start talking theme parks. But before I do, got here on Tuesday, as I say, Salou, Spain, about an hour's drive from Barcelona. I flew in from Stansted, sorry, nice quick flight, cheap flight too, I have to say. My first experience at Stansted didn't love the airport to be uh, to be honest, but the uh, the flight itself was was pretty okay. Uh, flew good old Ryanair. Uh, as I say, quick flight landed here around about Tuesday lunchtime local time. Uh, went straight over to my hotel, checked in, uh, and you know it's been a it's quite a nice hotel actually. Dorada Palace is where I'm staying. Found a very good deal on Expedia. None of these are sponsors, by the way, obviously. Uh, £37 a night I'm paying for four nights. That gets me breakfast and dinner, both of which are buffets. And my goodness me, if I wasn't doing 20,000 steps a day, which is what I'm averaging on this trip so far, I would be feeling incredibly guilty about the amount of food I'm eating. I mean, I feel guilty anyway. Uh, I've just had dinner on uh, Thursday night. and Christ, I've got absolutely no self-restraint whatsoever. Uh, the the puddings in particular, I, um, I'm having multiple puddings every night. It's it's a real sorry state of affairs, but I just can't help myself. It's it's free food and it's just sitting there. I don't need to ask anyone for it. I don't need to pay for it. Done all of that sorted. I just pick it up and take it to the table and I have all the pudding I want. It's like a stuff of dreams. But uh, I've been in a hotel for a while. You might be able to tell. Uh, but more importantly than the fact that the room's pretty good and the food is is too, uh, I'm only about a 15-20 minute walk from Port Aventura and today was my first day in the uh, in the parks. Bought a two day ticket, uh, cost me, I think it was about £55, £54 it worked out to, it was just north of €60 Euro, I think for a two day ticket. Uh, so I went today, obviously, and I'll be going back tomorrow, so I'll do another dispatch after that. Obviously, there'll be a full trip report in the weeks ahead that I'll record with Josh, so I won't go into kind of enormous detail about the parks and all the rides on these little dispatches. I just kind of want to give you guys a little bit of an idea, while it's relatively fresh in my mind, of what it was like and uh, some of the highlights, really. So... I'll be blunt going in to the park today. Uh, The main Port Aventura park, there are two. There's Port Aventura World, I think, is what they call the main theme park now. 
and Ferrari Land, which is right next door. I've got access to both on both days that I, I have tickets for. And I went in pretty blind. I didn't really watch any vlogs or read any blogs or look up any general advice, to be honest. I, I kind of just went in uh, and thought I'll take it as it comes. And it's not a great park for that, was my kind of first impression. It's quite hard to navigate. I mean, there's a reason hub and spoke designs are popular when it comes to theme parks. It means you can walk around the whole thing in a sort of semi-circle and be confident that you're not going to miss anything and you're going to be able to do everything uh, that you want to do. Whereas uh, Porta Ventura is, uh, is not laid out in that fashion. It's far easier to get lost and some people like that and, and I'm not opposed to it. But when you're relatively time limited and it was quite busy there today too, a lot of the big rides had wait times of an hour or more at points during the day for quite long periods as well and those big rides never really had a wait time that was lower than 40 minutes or so and whilst I'm not normally averse to queuing at all and, and would rather not pay to skip lines when you're queuing up by yourself play the sad little violin for me if you have one when you're queuing up by yourself they always do feel a bit longer don't they so uh spent a lot of time just kind of walking around the park not a lot of time on on rides necessarily today but I kind of got my bearings now and I'm hoping I can attack the park with a bit more uh, direction and authority on day two and, and be a bit more efficient with the rides I got done uh, it is a big park uh, I did as I, as I said I've done 20,000 steps basically every day I've been here and, and just north of 20,000 today uh, walking around Porta Ventura, I got quite lucky though I have to say because although I went in blind and I couldn't for the life of me find a paper map and the Porta Ventura app which does have a map is unfortunately pretty awful so I, I didn't really rely on that too much uh, but as I say I kind of wandered off in as cl close a thing to a straight line as I could and kind of through luck more than judgment wound up in the China area of the park not unique for theme parks not new for theme parks uh, this park is split up into lands themed to different countries china being one you also got mexico uh, as well and uh, various others but china as fortune would have it as luck would have it the one i ended up in first and the home of i think uh, the two kind of biggest baddest best coasters in the main Porto Ventura park and those are Shambhala and Dragon Khan so a quick word on those two because that's how I started my day uh, Dragon Khan I think at one point held a world or maybe a European record for most inversions in a single roller coaster it has eight so it's a bit of a doozy uh, very much enjoyed it a good way to start the day and then Shambhala which when I got off that ride was the tallest and fastest roller coaster I had ever done. It's quite similar to Silver Star at Europa Park, which until today was the tallest and fastest roller coaster that I had ever done. You go up 250 feet uh, via chain lift, pretty nippy chain lift, and then tip over the edge and basically go straight back down. And obviously, it's so far that you pick up 
an, an extraordinary amount of speed and eventually top out at 83 miles per hour. You go up and down a few more times, incredible airtime, much like Silver Star at Europa Park, but obviously the numbers are just a bit bigger. Uh, I did Silver Star last summer at Europa Park and, and this did definitely remind me of that. It was uh, kind of astonishing, really. And, uh, and in some ways, the, the kind of sick part of it all is that both the records, my personal records for the tallest coaster I'd ever been on and the fastest coaster I'd ever been on, were obviously broken with uh, Shambhala and then were broken again <laughs> this afternoon, which I'll get to. But like I say, I felt pretty fortunate to have stumbled across China pretty early. I got those two rides done within my first kind of hour and a quarter in the park. I mean, I got Shambhala, sorry, I got um, Dragon Khan done by 10 past 10. So the park opened at 10. Uh, I walked from the hotel, as I said, about 20 minutes. They let you in the park at about 10 to 10. I walked over to uh, Dragon Khan, did that, was kind of done by 10 past, quarter past 10. And then went over to Shambhala and that took the best part of an hour from joining the queue to getting on the ride, although it didn't actually start running until 10.30. So uh, some of that wait time was, was artificial, I guess. But it did mean um, that queues were able to build on other rides. And because I come back to that point I made earlier, which is that the park's quite hard to navigate, especially when you're new to it, uh, it did mean that I... Uh, kind of struggled to to commit to to too many rides today and i think that um, as i say day two hopefully i attack it with a bit more direction and 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 can can get on more rides and if need be i can you know skip the ones that i managed to do today although if i can get back on dragon khan and shambhala i would very much like to uh the other coaster i did in the main park today was el diablo it's a runaway mine train coaster got some nice views of the nearby log flumes that was pretty cool i saw a ride attendant save a woman's sandal which had fallen in the loading area down into the kind of track uh area the, the track within the loading area so that was quite dramatic I hadn't seen that before uh wandered through the sesame street area which was low-key fantastic Brilliant attention to detail, great theming. I mean, I thought that was true throughout the park, to be honest. Uh, whilst I don't think this park, I mean, one of the things I did know going in was that it, there was some universal involvement previously. They had naming rights or maybe even owned uh, the park. And I didn't really, didn't really have a universal vibe walking around, generally speaking, other than the fact that Woody Woodpecker's all over the gaff. He's basically the park mascot. And I guess Sesame Street has got, you know, slight universal vibes too. But the rest of the park, not really. doesn't feel like a universal park. However, it does share Universal's kind of attention to detail and uh, and quality of theming. So whilst it's not really themed in a way that makes you think universal, it probably is a bit closer to Disney, although I think actually probably most reminded me of kind of a, a top-level SeaWorld or Bush Park. Uh, but it, it, yeah. As I say, the point is that the, the park's really well looked after, really well maintained. The staff are great, friendly, good on the rides as well. Pretty efficient getting people on and off, um, ch checking party size and things like that. I do wish there had been more single rider lines. I mean, there basically weren't any in the main park. I was lucky in Ferrari Land, as we'll get to shortly, that the main ride there did have a single rider line. So that did help me out. Uh 
But yeah, um, generally just spent a lot of time walking around the main park today. Had a veggie hot dog at one point, that was decent. Had a Magnum, I think one of the Magnums in fact that Josh reviewed on the Park Rush TikTok last summer. I think it was a new Magnum at the time. And he had it in Movie Park maybe, Germany, Movie Park Germany I think. So uh, I thought, oh I'll try that for myself. And Josh was right, it's a pretty good Magnum. It was uh, the Salted Caramel Billionaire Magnum I think. Uh, so uh, got in on some of that. Uh, some pretty good merch. I might I might go back tomorrow and have a little, you know, deep thought about whether to get one of the many excellent Woody Woodpecker mugs and T-shirts that I saw dotted around the park today. Uh, trying to think of other notable things. Uh, did the River Rapids? That was pretty disappointing. I was kind of game for a, a solid splashing because it, it did get hot at, at points and uh, basically came off bone dry. It seemed from what I could tell that there's one seat where you get a decent splash, kind of all over your legs and lap, and I wasn't in that seat. So it didn't really help me. And uh, oh, at one point I walked past the work walls that are up uh, for the upcoming Uncharted ride, which does open this year. I'm only missing it by a couple of months because I think they're targeting June for that. So, yeah, I mean, I won't talk too much more about Porto Ventura, the main park. I did do a little live stream from within the park just to test that out on YouTube. So uh, that's in the Twitter thread. There is a whole Twitter thread kind of documenting my day that you can find at Park Rush Podcast. And the live stream is embedded in there. But if you find us on YouTube, just type Park Rush Podcast into YouTube or go to links.parkrush.com. You can find a kind of 45 minute live stream of me walking around the park showing some of it off good to know that worked because i might have another go at that tomorrow uh, and then yeah um ferrari land which somewhat oddly i guess opens at four at least at the moment so port ventura main park is 10 till six ferrari land is uh, is four till ten so started to wander over there just before four and they've clearly started to let people in already because i thought ah this will be good i'll I'll get in here and do the the main the main ride nice and quickly. Still ended up with a, a reasonable wait for Red Force, which is uh, well, this is an absolutely brutal ride to be quite frank. Uh, it most reminds me of Stealth at Thorpe Park. It's an Intamin LSM launch coaster, which I think is what Stealth at Thorpe Park is as well. Essentially, you get fired out of the uh, of the loading area at some insane speed zip down the track and then turn into a top hat uh, reach the top of that obviously and then come back down the other side and kind of turn 90 degrees as you do and then head back towards a brake run uh, and back to the station stealth I think goes north of 80 miles an hour in about two seconds this one gets up to 112 miles per hour now admittedly takes a bit longer to do it. it takes five seconds not two but my goodness me it's um it's pretty mad i i i said on the twitter thread uh, immediately after coming off the ride and i think it holds at some point on red force i died <laughs> i am now on a different plane of existence and i did genuinely have to kind of kind of go and sit down and and just kind of yeah contemplate my existence like what the hell just happened 
Uh, I looked like a, a newborn chicken. My hair was all over up in the sky. It looked absurd, even more more absurd than usual. Uh, yeah, I texted Josh like, yeah, I just did the Ferrari ride where they offer you they offer you goggles, by the way, because I've got one of these in Dubai at the Ferrari World in Dubai, which I think is a bigger thing. But this one is, is very small, by the way. Um, there's not that much going on. I think you could probably make more. Uh, have more fun with it if you're you know big Ferrari fan or whatever but I, I'm not I'm not a car guy really or at all I'm not an F1 guy but I knew about this ride I mean you can see it for miles and miles you know you walk miles down the beach near where I'm staying and you can still see it off in the distance it's a it's an enormous roller coaster I mean I should say shouldn't I I don't think I've actually said how tall it is I think it's is it 349 feet tall I think it's absolutely mad uh, 367 feet high it goes and as i say it's 112 miles per hour uh proper proper little cars as well by the way so it's uh, two rows of two um with three cars so it's uh it's, it's pretty nippy little thing I, mean, I guess it kind of adds to the sort of f1 um f1 theming that they're going for they're pretty compact little little coaster cars and uh, yeah, didn't really do much else in Ferrari land. I mean, like I said, I was kind of flustered after Red Force. Uh, and unfortunately, uh, the only other ride I did do in there today uh, meant that the day ended on, on a bit of a bum note. I did Racing Legends, which was a sort of... It's a, it's, it's a motion simulator, uh, but you're kind of just in a room and there's three kind of half-assed, uh, quote-unquote, cars almost look like the skeletons of cars that that eight people get into and there are three of them just spaced out next to one another with a massive screen up in front of them so i guess it's a motion simulator in the vein of a kind of simpsons but there's no they don't bother with any sort of sense of illusion you can just look to your left or if you're in the middle you can look to your left and your right and just see two other cars there quite happily and I don't know if I just got unlucky and had a dud pair of glasses, but I thought the 3D was really terrible. And uh, yeah, I just didn't really enjoy it, to be honest. And I had a long, long wait to get on that ride. There, there was no wait time information. I just took a punt. And um, I, by the end of that, I was kind of ready to go home. I, I didn't really have any, another long queue in me. So that was it. That was my day at Porto Ventura and Ferrari Land. I uh, hope that was you know moderately insightful, gave you some idea of, what it's like to go to those parks for the first time. Obviously, we'll have a full trip report, as I said earlier, in the weeks ahead. And I will do another dispatch tomorrow after my second and final day in the parks, where hopefully I'll be able to uh, do some of the other big rides that I missed, because there are plenty that I didn't get to. Uh, that being said, I would like to redo some of the ones that I did today as well. Uh, if you want to keep up live, if you like, during day two, then the best place to go is links.parkrush.com because that's where you'll find the Twitter, the Instagram, the TikTok, the YouTube, all of it. And I'll uh, look to uh, document some of the day on, on each one of those platforms over the course of the day. And if you have any questions about Porto Ventura, probably at this point for our trip report episode, then do email us podcast at parkrush.com and I will try and answer your questions when I get back to old Blighty to do the trip report with Josh. Uh, and of course... If you haven't already, subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. That would be fabulous. Thanks very much for listening. Take it easy out there. I'll be back tomorrow with another dispatch from Sunny Salou. Until then, goodbye.